ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gun Racks North Desert Institute School of Firearms Technology's official podcast. I'm Josiah Upper Folks, call me Joey, and with me we have one Drew Poplin. Drew Poplin, better known this time of year as Christmas Drew. Christmas, Drew, how are we doing today? Well, we're doing pretty holly. We're doing pretty jolly, I would venture to say. Absolute ornaments on this guy, am I right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, doing all right, doing all right. I'm very excited to share this episode with y'all. Yeah, I am too. And uh, excited, of course, for the long Christmas weekend, uh, for those of you that get to enjoy it. I don't, but I know most of you probably <laughs> do. Um, so, uh, for those of you out there, wherever you are, happen to be listening to this, some of you are probably traveling, have a wonderful Christmas, if we forget to say it towards the end. Holiday weekends are always great, and if you're in the southeast like we are, it's going to be friggin' cold, which is as close as we get to a white Christmas, really. Um, Drew, didn't you say at some point this weekend it's going to be three degrees where you're at? Yes, sir. And we're in the southeast. Three degrees for us is, um, I, I didn't know we could go that low, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember the last time it hit the single digits down here. It is funny it's, seeing some of my coworkers who live in Florida thinking they were immune to what is coming. And that's is it going that far south? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I'll look that up now. But before, as we do that, um, Let's check out something a little more relevant to what we're doing. And that is, of course, Drew's... Oh, we have some shout-outs to do. Let's do those first. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just wanted to shout-out Owen Chambers and his friend Shelby. They actually reached out to us via email, and they have started an unofficial SDI Discord. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he actually sent this to Walter Howard, uh, who is director of military and veteran services here. He said, Walter, I had the pleasure of getting to listen to the STI podcast today regarding stocking stuffers. And basically, hey. he, he just reached out. He said uh, he's been you know, telling the guys in the Discord to listen to the gun wreck. So thank you so much. Hopefully one of these days you know. we would be able to have them on the show and kind of talk to them. That would be awesome. And for those of you who are here on the gun rack for the very first time because you got that link in the Discord, maybe don't be so gullible, all right? Maybe don't be so suggestive to other people's shout-outs. No, but we're, we're glad you're here. And thank you guys for the shout-out. Without you guys, uh, this, this podcast would have gone away a long time ago instead of having turned into this uh, weekly kind of tradition here. So... Thank you, guys. Best Christmas present I could ask for. Plugging the gun rack and having you wonderful people listen to our episodes, especially our Christmas stuff and stuffers episode. That's good stuff. To put a pin 
on that weather conversation. I'm going to use, I just have some locations on my weather app that I reference because they're different places where my family you know, lives. Uh, we're going to use Christmas Day as a reference with the cold snap. All right. You know what? We're going to do Christmas Eve because Christmas Eve is even worse. So the triad area in North Carolina, just smack in the middle of the state. Christmas Eve, there's a high of 28 and a low of eight. Eight. Disaster, right? Meanwhile, in Massachusetts, high of 25 and a low of 13. They're almost the same. That's Massachusetts. All right. I want to implore um, all of our Southern listeners. Yes. This is, we need to band together. I know it sounds rough. It sounds awful. And it's going to be awful. We're going to hate every second of this weather. But we cannot let the people from up north act like they're better than us because they can handle the cold. Yeah. If there's anything that's more fundamental to the American identity than people from the Northeast being unbearably condescending, I don't know what it is. Um, wait, no, Cracker Barrel. And then people <laughs> from the North being unbearably condescending. That's on my own experience. Most, almost all of my family comes from Massachusetts or Rhode Island. And all those who stay are utterly certain that they're better than than all of us who, who moved to places where people are supposed to live. People yeah, so let, to live. let's tough it out, and then we'll, we can always fall back on our southern humidity. So let's be strong, yeah, guys. Buddy. Let's do this. Uh, we survived the tundra of the winter to live in the stew that is, like, July. Um, Just another so day English, in paradise. Yeah, buddy. English... Florida, which is where I believe that's where we filmed our uh, YouTube shoot this past year. It's going to be 45 with a low of 25, and that's in Florida. That's a that's the apocalypse for those people. <laughs> They're going to have to put on a hoodie. Probably not. They don't know what those are. They should. Talking to my coworkers this past hurricane season, they were not worried at all. You really? Know, they were just like, yep, yeah, just another hurricane. So we got, you know, you know, and got some yeah. sandbags, got things boarded up. It'll kind of be fun, actually. But they're worried about this. Yeah. Let, let that sink they, in. <laughs> but how they sound like they get ready for hurricanes kind of sounds like what it's like to live in parts of the city in which I live. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and last but not least, in Tempe, Arizona, where, of course, the wonderful Sonora Desert Institute is based, we are looking at Christmas Eve, a low of 42 and a high of 68. Why do we live where we do? We definitely have a lot to reconsider. We do. It, it, like, it being cold in the winter does not... The fact that we have access to water readily is not a good enough trade-off for the weather that we're getting on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I'd rather be dying of thirst and comfortably warm than, than what we're about to go through. Um, I don't have a lot of hoodies. I'm not Drew. I don't have flannel everywhere on top of flannel. 
okay? I have one peacoat that makes me look like a union private. And I have two hoodies, one of which is a zip up and both of which are from SDI, which I only kind of work for these days. It's all, it's all confusing, but yeah, no, the uh, weather is, I, I don't like what's coming is the point of what we're doing there. I hear it's a dry cold out there. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be, except it's not even though not where we're at, it's going to be, it was supposed to snow, but it's now too warm for that. So it's going to be about 40 degrees at the time of the precipitation and rainy. Like, come on, guys. That sucks. There's... Um, it's absolutely brutal, man. No, no need for any of that mess. All right. Now that we have our, our feelings on that established, and I feel like that was important. Let's get into some Drew's clues and talk to the good people about some obscure firearms. Wonderful. So last week, the answer to Drew's clues was the Springfield trapdoor. Now this week, the clue actually is going to be coming mainly directly from the manufacturer's website. And I removed the obvious telltale clues. And then the last clue is from TrueWestMagazine.com's blog article, Top 12 Guns That Tamed the West. Excellent. So, arguably the most famous single-shot rifle of the American West, this firearm's falling block rifle story began in 1848 when its inventor patented his first breech-loading rifle in carbine design using paper cartridges ignited by a separate musket cap. Throughout the 1850s and 1860s, this brand's breech-loading rifle became popular with military and civilian users alike. Goes on, the 1874 model was introduced as the first purpose-built rifle to house the new breed of powerful metallic cartridges. Quickly showed itself as being a rugged and reliable rifle, perfectly suited to the rigors of the frontier. This reputation led to the nickname and trademark of Old Reliable. And to the Indian Ooh. warrior, this firearm was known as Shoots Far or Shoot Today, Kill Tomorrow. What firearm am I talking about? Those are some really good clues. Thank you. I wish I could take credit for it, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I complimented it, because I knew yeah. I couldn't trace back to you. Yeah, you got to be careful this kind of thing. Don't want don't to let Drew get too uppity. If you think you know the answer to this week's Drew's Clues, please, ah. please, 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 please feel free. Leave a comment on uh, when we post this on YouTube, our audiogram on YouTube. Leave a comment underneath that or reach out to us through email. Uh, send an email to marketing at sdi.edu. Just put the subject head, something or another about Drew's clues answer and let us know. And if you answer correctly, we'll send you some swag. We will indeed. Well, Drew will. I don't. I don't care about you enough to to make that kind of investment of my time. And they got rid of my old email account. And so it's a lot harder for me, but Drew will do that <laughs> in good time when he feels like it. All right, folks. Living the spirit of goblin mode each year. Uh, you know what I saw actually 
uh, we're going to plug SDI here in a second, but you know what I saw for the very first time this year? What? Um, the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's really good. You had never it's, seen it? I had never seen it. It's young. Well, young is relative. Michael Caine is 3,000 years old. <laughs> but he looks like he's, you know, it, he looks like he's 50 for the first time instead of for the 31st time. Um, it's quite good. This is very cute. I'd never seen it before. Didn't know it was a thing. My wife just whipped it out. It's great. I also saw, conversely, a little, little known David Harbour film in theaters called Violent Night. Have you seen the trailer for this thing? I think so. Is that where, like, there's, like, some guys break into a house, and so Santa Claus comes in and kicks butt? David Harbour is Santa Claus, and he's, like, Bruce Willis and Die Hard grumpy Santa Claus. And um, there's there's some shenanigans that I'm going to try not to spoil anything, but, you know, that people break into the house, Nakatomi Tower style, people are being held hostage, and Santa has to go... Uh, has, has to go fight this thing. Uh, all the all these bad guys by himself with the help of a, a home alone Macaulay Culkin type kid. Um, it's really good. A little bit of a call out to uh, both Die Hard and Home Alone. Very funny. And David Harbour is, you know, just a joy. Can you say whether or not? Elves or reindeer get involved? Uh, I will say reindeer are present. Um, at one point, there's a complaint about them constantly leaving droppings places. Um, uh, there are no elves involved in, really? in the creation of this film. I feel like I could say that without it being a spoiler. Yeah. Um, so you never know, right? Sometimes. <laughs> It sounds like they should have called this movie Missed Opportunity, if you're asking me. Uh, it's kind of like Fat Man. Did you see <laughs> that one? With Okay. So it's Mel Gibson. and This one's older, so I feel less, less obligated to tiptoe around it. But without spoiling too much, Mel Gibson is Santa Claus, and there is a disgruntled, naughty child who comes out John Wick style to attack him in the North Pole and it's a gun battle. It's the best B-movie I've ever seen. You kind of forget because Mel Gibson was disgraced for being a super racist um, that uh, he's really, really good. Um, So, you know, the work that he does get, uh, he's just freaking lights out in. So... Um, fat man, you can uh, you can tolerate Mel Gibson's tomfoolery. Is it is a movie, dude? It is it is an incredible film. I will add that to my list. It sounds incredible. Um, I'm glad you liked yeah, about the Christmas Carol. That's probably my favorite version of the story. It's it's very cute. I have to wrangle with the fact that. His competition is a Patrick Stewart Christmas Carol, and it feels wrong somehow to not like back that, even though it's more like that's more of a boring take um, on it. It's 
more classical, which is kind of what you expect from Captain Picard. But it they, easily, they it both easily, have their place. I'm definitely going to watch one each year. Yeah, it easily clears that Jim Carrey animated one, though. I think it was uh, Robert Zemeckis. This is the first I'm hearing of that. What are you talking about? Oh my, okay, so if you've never heard of this, look up the images. It's like this uncanny valley depiction of Scrooge, and it will be nightmares. Is it like Polar Express style? Yes, exactly like that. You remember that? I try not to. I don't know who thought that made any sense. It's the only thing Tom Hanks has ever been in where I'm like, nah, not worth it. (laughs) Too much. You, but you know what that actually reminds me of? Uh, Sonoran Desert Institute. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know too much about our, our school, the, the very reason we get the opportunity to uh, sit here and talk with you guys today, Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school uh, accredited by the Distance Education education accrediting commission every single time we flub that um and they specialize in two things one is drones and one is of course firearms technology if you're interested in any of this hop on to sdi.edu you can see our academic programs you can see our course catalog there's so much cool stuff there for you to check out check us out at sdi.edu that might i think like you know, we have a, a good admissions team and people ask all sorts of different questions. So um, there and within our admissions team, there's, you know, unique interactions abound. Um, there, uh, But I do think I can say pretty comfortably that is the first time SDI has been compared to a Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, Can't be the last. I think that's a fair guess. It will not be the last. Mark our words. Uh, we have a lot of time and and nothing but a burning desire to uh, to put that into this. Some old desert zeitgeist. So, uh, but we have something. Uh, you know, all joking aside, we have a really cool episode for you guys today. Uh, Drew here did an interview with SDI graduate Larry Summons Jr., who's the owner of uh, Range One Forty Four One. Um, oh, sorry, 1441. Sorry, I, I misread our, our show notes here. Um, this was recorded a little bit ago, and uh, it's it's really cool. What was your interaction with him like, Drew? Dude, he's such an awesome guy to talk to. Like, I'm not even running. Yeah. I probably could have talked to him for another hour or two. Um, he is based out of Jacksonville, Florida. And awesome. Love he, it. He's just so easy to talk to. Such a kind man. And um, it's really fun, too. Uh, I think that'll come out in the conversation. Without any further ado, yes. let's check it out. Let's get right into it. So, Mr. Larry, first questions first. How was your Thanksgiving? It went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the in-laws here. Um, so they came. They came with their dishes. It was kind of like a potluck type thing. Everybody Ooh. brought their specialties, and we ate, we laughed, we enjoyed each other's company, and then we here didn't have to clean. So Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like the best possible Thanksgiving. You get like all the positives without the drawback of having to worry about the cleanup. Right. 
my wife was like, we're, we're probably going to do this from now on. And I mm-hmm. said, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And what's your food specialty? Uh, so I, I make uh, macaroni and cheese uh, passed down from, uh, you know, generation after generation. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I make mac and cheese from, from scratch. And also I perfected my lemonade this year. So I did a, a ginger lemonade. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was a hit. Was a hit so much so I made regular lemonade just in case the ginger didn't go so well, but everybody uh-huh. loves ginger. And I was like, I can change the regular to ginger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask you more about that. Absolutely, That's a, that sounds delicious. So, with it being sort of the holidays and everything, Thanksgiving, Christmas, just that general, you know, month, two month period of time, it's a period of reflection for a lot of people. A period of you know being thankful for you know, what's come through the year or being thankful that you made it through the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask, is there anything uh, this year that you were particularly thankful for? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, what immediately comes to mind is something, something I posted uh, on my Facebook the other day. I'm grateful for all the closed doors. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for the unsuccessful interviews. I'm grateful for all the plans that didn't work my way because they, they all let me here. You know, mm-hmm. and this is something that I've wanted to do for many, many years. I mean, going back to uh, me being in middle school, this was a dream of mine to be able to work in the firearms industry and to help others. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even at a young age, I was um, pretty drawn to the mechanics of firearms. And my dad, you know, he had a bunch of firearms. So I was um, I was exposed to them, but also learning the safety, you know, um, the safety portion of them. But uh, now uh, I even remember, you know, being young and taking my dad's old pellet rifle apart. I thought I could fix it and parts just flew out everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> and I couldn't put it back together. So I just stuffed them in there and screwed it back together. You know, uh-huh. like some years later where he was like, hey, you know, I found out what you did. I was like, oh. <laughs> so actually, and from there, man, um, and with this course, you know, I've been praying that I get the opportunity to either build him something or find him uh, a lever action uh, 30, mm. 30, I know he yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So you inadvertently answered my next question. So awesome job. We're already off to a great start. So you said you sort of grew up, you know, being exposed to firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your father had firearms and you were interested in the mechanical portion. If I'm not mistaken, on your website, it says you went to high school in Maryland. I did. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Nice, nice. Okay. I'm not sure the timeline, but I know you ended up serving in the military. We're actually done at the same time. Um, I joined the Army Reserves when I was uh, a month, a month after I turned 17, and I was still in in, in the 11th grade. Oh, nice. Okay. So was that, you know, when you were in high school, you were pretty sure that, okay, the military is something that I would want to be involved with. Where did that come from? Is it something that maybe was in your family or just a desire in your heart? Yeah. So um, I, I believe, you know, the Lord placed that desire in my heart at a young age. And um, I come from a, a family of um, individuals who served. My grandfather's father joined the army. He served in the army. My grandfather served uh, during Korea. My father served during Vietnam. And, you know, here, here I am. You know, mm-hmm. so I've come from a long line of, of soldiers, you know, mm-hmm. so um, it was already there, 
But in middle school, I definitely knew kind of looking at back, looking back at some of my old writings, uh, even going into the ninth grade, I was already sure, hey, you know, I'm going to join the army. I'm going to go in the infantry. I, I felt like, you know, that's where I wanted to go. But, you know, I ended up going a different direction, but it all led me here. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so um, those things were, were instilled in my heart at an early age. So, yeah. yeah. And how long were you in the Army Reserve for? So I served for uh, 15 years, nine months, and 23 days. Well, thank you very much. I, we appreciate that so much. So one thing I have to commend you on, because I like doing my research anytime I try to Oh, yeah. You know, have these conversations with people. So I have to commend you because on your website, you had, you know, your about us page mm -hmm. uh, and you kind of tracked through like all the different stages, which one makes my job a lot easier. So thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, two, I think it's a, interesting. Um, I love hearing people's stories. I know I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to be able to look at that and to be able to chart the steps and one thing you talk a lot about is how opening this range range is it 144-1 or 144-1 how do you say it so we uh range 1441 1441 gotcha so it's uh positioned in a way to reference the uh psalm um david uh chapter mm -hmm. uh, 144 verse one i was i was going to ask you about that uh and now you're, you know, now you're a business owner, man. Right. Um, you had sort of given up on that dream, if I'm not mistaken, right? I had. In my mind, my plan was, you know, um, I was able to to join, you know, the Army and serve. And the reasons why, um, kind of going back to your question earlier, the reasons why um, it's in my heart or mind to serve is um, I remember sitting in an interview to become a state trooper. That was a, another dream I had. And he asked me why I wanted to be a state trooper. And my response was that I wanted to help people who didn't know they needed help. I mean, so I think that's always been a desire or passion of mine to assist people who may not know they need assistance, you know, be it, you know, um, uh, sharing a word or, you know, uh, correcting somebody's grip or mm -hmm. letting them know, hey, you know, your sight is low or you know, this is this screw is boogered. Let's get that out. You know, just, uh -huh. just helping individuals, you know. So how long had you had the specific dream about opening a uh, range? That's actually um, not sure. I'm mm -hmm. not sure uh, because, like I said, I, I, it was never like a, a, a you know, you have a, a realistic goal or a realistic yeah. dream. And then you got something, you know, like, you know, you sit down and be like, man. You know, that'd be nice. Oh, well, you sure. Know, you just yeah. <laughs> but um, so I think that was probably my oh, well, dream. Mm -hmm. my, actually, my wife, she showed me the text message. But one day I was like, hey, you know, um, I want to open up a range, you know, and, hey, you know, we got one life. I might as well try it. But I had mm -hmm. forgotten that I said it, uh, forgotten all about it, you know, whatever. But it, it wasn't until we got to premarital uh, questions before we got married and we got to dreams. And um, and asked, you know, what's your partner's dream? And I was able to recite hers because I knew it, you know, mm -hmm. learned yeah. her, you know, I learned her, <laughs> told her her dream with such certainty. I was like, oh, I, knew <laughs> you know? I got this on lock, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was ready for that one. <laughs> but um, it came her turn to answer. And I remember saying in my mind, like, oh, this is going to be crazy because I don't have a dream. So what is she going to come up with? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I know you have a dream to open up a rank. And I was like, 
no, I don't, you know? Uh-huh. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh, I do. And man, from there, just all of these ideas of, of a place where people could go to train as they would fight, you know, um, mm-hmm. and not necessarily just kind of going out vigilante, but in this day and age, you know, to, to believe that, um, things are, are all well and good. We be fooling ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. um, it is a very real thing, you know, and I love people. I have a heart for people and it really bothers me, the heartlessness that's out mm-hmm. there. So, um, it's a desire of mine for individuals to be, you know, prepared to defend themselves and those who they love. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a huge thing. And, and prayerfully they won't need it, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's better to have it and not need it than to need it. And, not and I, it. exactly. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about like your desire to want to help people that maybe don't even necessarily know they need help. Absolutely. So you had all these ideas in your head like once you kind of had that breakthrough where you're like, yeah, this is a dream of mine. And the ideas started coming. Do you remember at least maybe like what year it was when you decided I'm going to like actively pursue this or did it just kind of fall into place? So it was uh, probably that same year. So that'd be uh, about 20, 2020. Okay. Um, I was working for Flexi, uh, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center up in uh, Glencoe. That's actually what brought me here to Jacksonville. Gotcha. I was in um, Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama. I had just come off, uh, came off my recruiting duty uh, excuse me, in 2019. So I took some time, sat at home, and I was like, yeah, no, nah, I can't do this no more. So um, got the job, moved here to Jacksonville, and I was working there. It was pretty much the same thing I had done for the Army, just uh, an administrative role. And, you know, because I've done it for so long, I was really good at it, but I really, I wasn't fulfilled by it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I could do it. I could do it all day long, eyes closed, you know, back and forth, but it wasn't, um, it didn't sit, it didn't sit right. I wasn't settled. Mm-hmm. And it was a certain point where I was like, okay, you know, it's time to go. Um, and I started kind of looking around, then go um, premarital questions. And from there, 2020, um, it's about when I started looking of how to get this thing going. And, and I don't remember the exact day, but that's how I came across SDI. Cool. Cool. So when you were creating, you know, this business, I just want to bring this up because, you know, we've been talking a lot about dreams, but I don't want people to be mistaken. You were very meticulous with your preparation, or at least from what I read on your website. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And just like with joining the army and just like becoming a state trooper or pretty much anything, having to do your homework beforehand to know mm-hmm. exactly what you're getting into and the steps that you need to take to be successful and getting to where it is that you want to get. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't believe in just kind of spitting in the wind and kind of seeing where it lands. You know, you have to be really intentional about your direction, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like once you're given a purpose, you know, just like everything's pretty much just been a, a military kind of situation with me. Once you're given a mission, you need to do recon, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, getting into a new industry is a new mission for me. So it's doing recon and finding out exactly how to go about getting into this industry the best way and the most sure way, you know, and not in a way that um, I guess that everybody else is taking because everybody not going in the same direction. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, I just believe that, you know, as you kind of do your own research and homework, you find out, you know, who you are and where you fit in there. But yes, you have to be extremely intentional about what you do, you know. Mm -hmm. And was that an attitude that you felt like you carried over also while you were at SDI doing your studies? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And even more so, um, because at that point, uh, I started in April of this year. And then my kids came down. So there was four kids in the house, you know, so mm -hmm. six people total in the house, you know, through the summer. So they came mm -hmm. down in June, left in August. And then, you know, um, kind of from there, you know, you've got the rest of your studies now having to deal with the dynamics of family life, you know, and work life and then school life, you know, and then hobbies and friends. I mean, it's just, it's, it's having to, you know, like you say, kind of be intentional and I'm mm -hmm. definitely keeping in mind of, of having a plan and how to execute that plan. So as you were setting out on this journey, on this path, you took the course with USCCA, you filed your business, got your FFL, and then you got gunsmithing knowledge from SDI. So now you can train, sell, and even do gunsmithing work for your client. Yeah, absolutely. That's what yes. I do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I imagine you're very, very busy. And plus I work, you know, we're going to end the range. We're going to end mm -hmm. the range. Mm -hmm. So when you had your dream of operating this range, was it always part of that dream to have a business that was so all-encompassing? Or was that something where you're like, hey, you know what? I'm training people. Might as well, you know, because I'm training them, we'll have that knowledge together of like what they're comfortable with. So maybe I can sell them firearms too. Well, if I'm selling the firearms, it'd be also great to you know learn how to right. arm them. Absolutely. And and that was that was the actual plan. You pretty much you hit it on the head. Um my uh, plan was to open up the range um mm -hmm. and have a place where people could shoot. Uh and I would be an instructor. Um I'm also a certified uh range safety officer with USCCA and the NRA. So being able to run the range, right? Mm -hmm. And then later on, the firearm sales was gonna come, and then after that gunsmithing and then after that reloading you know so everything was going to have this progressive kind of um, one-stop shop where uh, individuals would be able to come to the range and have pretty much everything taken care of um, because mm -hmm. as a, a, a firearm owner and a, a avid shooter uh, myself you know I would like somewhere where I can go where I can get to know those people you know mm -hmm. and when you have a place where you can trust you know you're willing to kind of go out of your way you know, to get there because you know the quality of work that you're getting when you get there. Gotcha. Now, what is, just because I'm not super familiar with the Jacksonville area, are most people down there, you know, you feel like grew up with firearms, have the general knowledge, even if maybe not training, or mm -hmm. is it something where like, okay, we're starting from scratch, sort of at a very base level? Well, from my uh, my experience living here since um, March of 2020, it's um it's definitely mixed. Um, you've got a large number of individuals who are very familiar with firearms. They've been around firearms for their entire lives. You know, some of them have grown out, grown up in the you know maybe the uh, more rural parts of the city or the county, mm -hmm. and um, you know they're familiar with firearms. They go hunting. You know, they'll they'll come to the range. You have some individuals here who um. Who have 
gotten a firearm and they mm-hmm. they just like going to the range and shooting, but they're not necessarily that knowledgeable, you know, mm-hmm. on the, the tactical side of it. They just know if they squeeze the trigger, you know, it's gonna make a loud noise. And as long as they point <laughs> in a general direction, you yes. know, so you've got a lot of those. A lot, a lot of first-time firearm owners, and they are like we talked about earlier, they're kind of seeing what's going on and they're wanting to be prepared, but they're also really eager to learn. And those are, you know, my favorite. <laughs> those yeah. are my favorite. But even with the uh, kind of the other two, it's definitely good to have those interactions and experiences because you go back to, you know, people not knowing that they, they need help sometimes, you know, <laughs> being able to kind of come in as an instructor and say, hey, you know, you know, I'll change your grip a little bit or, you know, try to stand here or even with the the avid firearm owners, they're knowing what they want to do and they'll say, hey, you know, I'm looking for a particular firearm. I'm looking to do this and that with it. So being able to have that knowledge and say, okay, well, here's a platform and here's another platform. Mm-hmm. These are the pros and cons. This is what I think. Now, what do you want to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that you mentioned that when you train, you said on your website, we believe slow is smooth and smooth is safe. Could you just go a little bit more into your philosophy when it comes to training someone or instructing them? So um, my biggest philosophy is uh, intentionality. And I'll go through uh, everything with my students. Typically, when I'm at the range, I'll pick firearms. that I know we have uh, a few of, like, uh, for example, we have about three Glock 19s or mm-hmm. two um, charged GTCs. So I'll walk them through, through everything so they can see exactly how my hands are placed, exactly what I'm doing at all times so they can mirror that. you know. And from there, I'll stop and allow them to have the lesson on their own where I'll stand by you know, and kind of gently you know, walk them through if they get kind of stuck at any point. Mm-hmm. You know? But intentionality, in, in order to be effective, and efficient, you have to be slow, I believe. <laughs> and with that is just taking your time and building that muscle memory. I'm huge on muscle memory, creating those pathways in our brains so that when we go to do something, I mean, a lot of us firearm owners, we take it for granted, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we'll be at the range and, you know, I had a guy that he was trying to show a young lady, he was a new firearm owner. Yeah, you just lock the slide like this. You just pick it up, lock the slide here. And he was just doing it really fast. And I was like, <laughs> he was like, it looks like magic, you know? Like, yeah. how come, how come, when I pull it back, it don't lock like yours because they don't see the little bit of thumb twitch that he's making to push the slot lock up. Yeah. Like, they don't see it, you know, because he's doing it so quickly, you know? But just going slow and showing everybody, you know, step by step, moving your thumb up and wiggling the, you know, the uh, slot lock and saying, here yeah. it is. It's on the spring, it goes up and down. So, that's the slow portion. And then it being smooth, that smooth action of being able to do it. So that once they develop those pathways in their brain, they're pretty much safe if they're learning the safe way, you know, and Mm -hmm. like I tell my boys, you know, um, there's a a saying that practice makes perfect. And I'm like, you know, just like my lacrosse coach, perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You could be practicing the wrong thing. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Golly, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that expression. Growing up, so you played lacrosse. Yes, I played lacrosse. Tenth, uh, eleventh, and kind of twelfth. Twelfth grade, I was, I was, I was already in the army, so I didn't want to get hurt because I didn't sure. want to miss out on my training. Yeah. But after my deployment to Iraq, I came back every every year that I was in Maryland. Came back to train brand new players on how. Really? You know, yeah. 
So I started coaching. I coached a little bit when I was in Alabama as well. Um, I uh, lacrosse league there. Yeah. So you've been coaching and instructing for a whole yeah, lot of your long time. life. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Like being able to connect those two. So let's kind of pivot a little bit more specifically to like your time at SDI. Okay. Um, do you remember when you enrolled? I know you. I know I got in on like the last day or the day before the last day that you could. Uh-huh. <laughs> like so, when I finally you know decided to pull the trigger, yeah, it was really close to the um, kind of enrollment date. And I guess when I have something in my mind that I want to do, I'm just like, hey, let's boom, let's get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know what would have happened had I had the yeah. week, but yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And and um, I don't remember exactly the exact time. But one thing that really impressed me was how helpful the staff was to ensure that my things got done. Like, I really appreciated that. Um, they kind of stayed on top of me to ensure that I had my, you know, FAFSA filled out and everything. Everything's correct. You know, they reached out to me. You know, if I had any questions or anything, they were right there to answer. And then um, Justine Beachlander. Yes. Yeah, I do know Justine. Yeah, she helped me out. And then Felipe. Cool, cool, cool. So when you got to SDI and you, you know, maybe just before you started classes or like as you were starting, I know it's very common whenever you go into you know a new school or a new situation like that, you kind of have expectations on how you think you'll go or like how you think you'll do or everything like that. Were there any expectations that you had going into it? And if so, were they confirmed or subverted at all? I can't say I've, I've, through my secondary education career, I don't think grades have been the issue. My issue has always been going to an institution of higher learning, but it being expected to almost perform as if you're in grade school, where mm-hmm. they tell you exactly how they want things. And being a, a professional, you know, being especially when you deal with something like the military. It's like, hey, you know, we, we're dealing with very important things, you know, even going up to, to life itself, you know, and it's like, hey, you know what's expected of you, you know your parameters, do it, you know, but it was almost like an institution of higher learning. You're like, hey, write about this and do it like this. And it's like, well, you know, how do all I'm doing is regurgitating things or giving you what somebody else said, and I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily using my brain to grasp the concept of what we're talking about and mm. then being able to, to put that into words to explain to somebody that I do understand the concept and I can perform, you know, mm. but so it was kind of like that, but um, I guess my expectation, but being, Oh my goodness, just, just a breath of fresh air. Oh my goodness. When I got to SDI, it was like being able to, to explain things, but like nobody was like beating you over the head, like, oh, you didn't do it this way. It was like, <laughs> hey, it's all understood. We, we're all learning. We kind of understand what we're talking about. We're going over the lessons. We're helping each other out. And that's where I really, really enjoy taking classes and being able to, to talk to, to others um, like me. You know, mm-hmm. it was like we all understood that, hey, you know, we're not wearing a suit and tie. And we're not trying to impress anybody. We just want to make sure that we've got this concept down, that we can do this safely and effectively and efficiently and 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 provide a good service for our customers you know i that was that was a huge thing for me and would continue to uh egg me on or push me on even in those days where it got really hard you know mm. just able to um be myself 
and be in school and learn. So it was it was definitely really great. And I commend you guys on the equipment that you said. You know, I appreciate the equipment that's sent because number one, I didn't have it. So I appreciate what gets sent to me to assist me in, in my job. And as I learn on, you know, even if it's cheap material, when you, when you learn on it, you can go and buy something expensive, but you learn how to do it safely and effectively and efficiently on something else. You know, and so what if that that burns out? Hey, you you used it. Now go get something else so you continue can can continue to work. Mm. But um, but yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my oh, rant about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you had a really positive experience with that as well. What would you say is the biggest lesson you learned while you were at SDI, or maybe relearned, or like reaffirmed? So um. What came to my mind is um, um, if if you're full of yourself, you can't digest new information. Mm. So just being humble, you know, Um, humbling yourself enough to be like, okay, you know, in the MSR program or MSR course, all right, I know, you know, from being in the the Army, you know, you kind of know this, you know, but at the same time, being able to to humble yourself to learn, like okay, so this is actually what it's called, and this is you know this is this is I didn't even know that was there, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, is, what is this thing? This thing's been there the whole time, but you know, so yeah. it's just being able to 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 humble yourself to be able to get through the program to learn something mm-hmm. new. Cool. We're gonna start kind of wrapping up some of the questions and everything, okay. so. With all the growth that has gone on for you, for your business, tell me what's next on the horizon for your business. I mean, I'm just, I'm now, um, I don't want to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not dreaming. You know, I still, you know, still pray about, and I'm still, you know, even with learning about, there's actually a range that's going to be open here in Jacksonville that, that, that looks almost like my business plan mm. so that, that hit me in the stomach gut punch you know got me sad a bit and i was like okay you know but i told my wife i was like you know even though you know they're still building i'm still gonna be faithful and i'm still gonna keep mm. moving forward with it you know but with that i think with me is just um being present you know being present where my business is right now providing instruction to the customers that i see providing gunsmithing services and as I become more confident, adding more services to that. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm talking to uh, my GM at my uh, my job. And so I think I've worked it out to be a part uh, um, subcontractor. Nice. You know? So talk to him. And he's, I mean, at first, they were just using the gunsmithing room for like a, a storage, trash, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a lathe in there. They've got a milling machine. They've got a like a little sandblast. Man, they have everything you need to get started. As a uh-huh. I walked in there, and I, you know, from the course, I was like, everything's in here. <laughs> <laughs> what you guys doing? You got all this awesome yeah, stuff. They got stuff on the lathe, like soda cans. I'm like, come on. Man. <laughs> but but yeah, so um, so I think that's that's next. Just kind of taking it day by day. And uh, probably the next thing is just emptying out that room and just throwing everything away and starting off fresh. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah um, perfectly, that's going to be the next thing is being able to get that in order so that we can provide those services to customers and just yeah. growing from there. Um, being mm-hmm. able to, you know, then say, hey, you know, I am an independent gunsmith, right? And I, I plan on, you know, I'll run the range for them, but I'll be a gunsmith for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and just being able to provide that and then 
updating my business plan, changing it, you know, because uh, it's actually funny. Because about um, maybe some weeks ago, I told my wife, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to change my business plan because I want to do an indoor outdoor range now, um, part indoor and then have an outdoor long range for mm. you know, serious shooters, you know. But I found, and you know, she knew already. But I found that you know, beginners, even you know, some of us, we we like going out and shooting in the woods because there's nobody, you know, with a whole bunch of rules. But yeah, it's it cold. It gets, yeah, you know, it gets hot. It gets, it gets a bunch of mosquitoes. You know, you fight. Yeah. You know, get in your eye. You try to shoot. <laughs> but yeah, so um. So yeah, just being able to give people those options, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that that is what um we don't have a lot of now. Shifting my business plan is you don't have you know you have indoor or outdoor, but you don't have an indoor outdoor. Boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I like that. I think that'd be dope, especially in Jacksonville. Like right, right. that's a that's a smart idea to have right. both options because sometimes it's really nice outside and you you, oh, yeah. you like you being you out there. Plus, you know, you want to put yourself in those, you know, it's not going to be AC. If you get into a shoot situation, then you're not going to have AC, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. What would you say to someone who is apprehensive about following or chasing their dream? Or, you know, for you, you said this business was sort of that almost like pie in the sky, like, oh, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know. Right. What would you say to someone that was sort of in that same spot where they're like, oh, well, what I would really love to do is this, but it, you know, it's not going to happen. I mean, if they were in a position, you know, to, to go to school, uh, especially to chase their dreams, what's stopping you? You know, mm-hmm. um, is what you're doing already making you happy? Is it fulfilling you? You know, mm-hmm. um, it's like, you know, uh, I mean, I don't want people to take it the wrong way, but Einstein, you know, or whoever, because they say, I didn't say it, but whoever said it, you know, insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. If you continue to do the same thing, you're going to get the same results, you know, uh, and if what you're doing is making you unhappy, then continue to do it and you're going to make you unhappy, you know, mm-hmm. so um, what's stopping you? What's stopping you from at least exploring your dream, you yeah. know, at least um, like we talked about earlier, at least um, doing some recon in your dream. You know, finding out exactly mm-hmm. what it would take to get into that industry or going in that direction. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who was considering attending SDI? Go for it. Go for, Go it. for definitely. it. Definitely. Don't delay. I'm out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <making money. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clients. So you might want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 a, a worthwhile uh, program. You know, um, even if if you're a professional. You know, you have a family. Um, if you you have other things that you have going on, other responsibilities, it fits into your schedule. You know, um, being able to have particular days when you go on, you know, you don't have to go on there every single day. You know, mm-hmm. or I'll say hey, you got to be a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. You know, and mm-hmm. it just it, it works. It, it can work for a working man or woman. Nice. One th- person that kept popping up throughout your story on your website was your wife, Candace. Mm-hmm. How much has she helped you with pursuing this? Tremendously, man. Um, when I came to her about resigning from 
uh, my government position. I had been with the government for, um, I don't know, 14, 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, and I came to her and I was like, hey, you know, I feel like the Lord's leading me in a different direction. You know, I think I'm going to resign and, and and pursue. You know, she she didn't understand, but she she was supportive. And through those months of, of trying to, to get the business going, up and going, to the con, the research, you know, um, it was tough. But she stayed um, consistent. She she stayed behind me. She stayed supporting me. She stayed encouraging me. You know, so through this whole thing, she's been instrumental, you know. And, um, yeah, I just... She's been extremely instrumental, even days where I'm up or some days where I was up, you know, 11 o'clock at night, still trying to, you know, do assignments because, you know, work or family or whatever, you know, just her patience. She sacrificed a lot, you know, um, for for me to be here and and to do this. So uh, she's been extremely instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you got yourself an awesome partner. and I'm so happy for you. How long have you two been married? A year. A year. Nice. We we wasn't even married when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When this when this all started, you know, we were married. So, um, just even before, you know, walking down the aisle, she knew I was I was broke. I had no job. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how you know you got like you got your ride and die. You know, I ride and die absolutely. But yeah. she, but you know, she she thought it was going to take some years, you know. But I told her I was like, you know, when the, when the Lord has something going in my life, it, it's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I thank Him for that. Yeah. If it would have took a while, man, yeah. <laughs> we might not be talking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, she's been extremely instrumental. So yeah, she deserves the, the acknowledgement, you know, of, mm. of what she did to um, contribute to, to being here. Yeah. Yeah, cool deal. Listen, Larry, dude, it was so awesome getting to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time, for being candid, just being awesome to talk to. Now, this is this was just fun, just felt like talking. So I appreciate that. Definitely, definitely, man. I really appreciate you reaching out, man. All right, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know Drew had an amazing time talking with Larry and, um, yeah, I hope this gives you a, a better picture of what SDI is like. Also, I'm going to go ahead and do this now. We normally wait a little bit till after Tales from the Range. But if you think this kind of info is helpful, if you're trying to learn more about this school and you're trying to figure out what's going to work best for you, um, experiences from our students are, uh, they're just going to do so much more for you than anything we ever could, right? Um, so if you're curious about this, um, hop on to sdi.edu. If you hit the news tab and you see grad features, um, that, that stories uh, that we've been given permission to share, interviews, that kind of thing, uh, from some wonderful people at, uh, uh, that have attended Storm Desert Institute. So feel free to hop on to sdi.edu, news tab, grad features, and read away. Now, it's time for some tales, tales from the range. I think that's a public domain song, but I I screw up the melody a little bit just in case. But Drew, what do we have today? So this comes to us from Reddit, 
And this is by user Deshaun. I'm not entirely sure. That's hand. <laughs> like I that. think that's actually it. Really? I think so. Oh, wow. This is everyone's favorite German uh, range tailor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they say, I don't have a horror story, but how about a little self-deprecation? Okay. My very first time shooting, my friend took me to an indoor pistol range. I, I obeyed all rules. Okay. Okay technique, no stupid mistakes, etc. My buddy felt that I could handle a rifle. So off to a rifle range we go. And we were asking about beginner rifles when the counter guy noticed me eyeing the AR-15. He mentions how awesome. easy it is to shoot. Just like a twenty-two long rifle, only louder, he said. I still had an excellent time. So the next day, I was looking at online reviews of the rifle range, and the newest review was an angry rant about, quote, this big old guy who was obviously a newbie, Yet they gave him the AER and sent him on his way. About that time, I was thinking, hey, uh, this sounds kind of familiar. Then the review continues. It sounds kind of like you, yes. He was popping off rounds every few seconds. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, muzzle sweeping, bad trigger discipline, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It went on like this for a while. The whole time I was feeling worse and worse about myself. Then I finally noticed the timestamp at the end of the review, and it was exactly a year old to the day. So, just like most of my range time that day, quote, missed it by that much. Wow. Wow. That's a horror. Yeah, I have, especially with the internet where it is now, and, you know, stuff like TikTok and YouTube and, you know, Instagram being so big. I am terrified sometimes of going out anywhere, accidentally doing something stupid. And scrolling on my feed later that evening, and then all of a sudden seeing my failure exposed before millions. So, dude, yeah, no, I've been there too because I do a lot of um, firearms industry writing. And my first one back with one of, one of my favorite clients, uh, the first comment that was like that made its way through the firewall was, "Wow." Uh, when did this site merge with the onion? Oh my gosh. No way. <laughs> That's pretty hurtful. I've I've been writing gun stuff for seven years. That is a first for me. Oh. That is a very unique and hurtful way to flame someone. Oh my goodness. I know. Talk about I- goblin mode. Hey, you've made it this far? You've written many more articles. I say, I think you're a good writer. You know, I appreciate that. Folks, that is the gun wreck. We will see you again after the holiday weekend, I think, right? And um, yeah, for now, have fun out there. If you get a chance to shoot this weekend, awesome. You're going to be cold. That's fine. Uh, Stay safe out there. We will see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.